Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to the Washington Weekly Podcast on the UBS In The Now podcast channel. Our conversation today will check in on several geopolitical developments that have gripped the world's attention in recent days, along with a look at what is being discussed and debated within the Supreme Court and up on Capitol Hill. Uh, Joining me here on the line for the conversation today, glad to welcome back Shane Lieberman, Federal Affairs Manager with the UBS U.S. Office of Public Policy in Washington, D.C. So, Shane, great to be with you as always and looking forward to our conversation. Hey, Dan. Hope you're doing well and good to be with you. Likewise. Thank you, Shane. So, for this week, to get things started, perhaps we can follow up on a topic that we have previously covered here on the podcast, that being the events up on Capitol Hill, which occurred back on January 6th. And there seems to be some gridlock within Congress that we've been hearing about in the recent days with respect to commissioning an official investigation into these events. So, Shane, what can you share with us? Yes. uh, This week, the House passed a bill to uh, have a bipartisan commission to look at uh, what transpired on January 6th and, you know, um, have have some kind of report out of that and and take action from that report. You know, uh, this was a bipartisan fair. It did pass with bipartisan support. 35 Republicans uh, joined Democrats, but it was pretty notable that this wasn't um, a full-scale bipartisan effort. You know, Republican leadership and the majority of Republicans uh, opposed this, uh, which also means that it's unlikely to pass the Senate. There is uh, some tepid support for it from Republicans in the Senate, but probably not uh, sufficient to get uh, garner 60 votes. Um, <clears throat> obviously, I think, you know, kind of this is disappointing that, you know, something even like this can't get uh, bipartisan support. Uh, Republicans, you know, charge that, listen, there is already congressional investigations going in, uh, looking into what happened on January 6th. Um, you have criminal investigations going on to those who uh, participated uh, on January 6th. You know, this is not needed. And it, or if you want to go down this road, you should widen the scope of the commission to look into um, uh, <clears throat> both sides and uh, political attacks and you know, that have been occurring on both sides over the previous, you know, months. So, you know, it's unfortunate, but it looks like uh, partisanship here that will uh, lead to this bill uh, not moving forward in the Senate. Well, it sounds like there's a lot of moving parts and varying perspectives on how best to move forward, though. Thank you, Shane, for bringing us up to speed, and we'll see how this plays out. Now, before we hit on some topics overseas uh, that are on all of our minds, I do want to check in on the Supreme Court. I know there have been some interesting developments as of late that range from President Biden's commission to study potential overhauls, which I believe we've spoken about previously, to even the court itself adding some notable cases to the agenda, including those surrounding abortion and gun rights. So, Shane, what can you share with us? Yeah, um, President Biden's uh, Supreme Court Commission, they met publicly for the first time this week. Um, This is a 36-member commission uh, that has a variety of charges, but most notably to look at the Supreme Court and its its size and shape, you know, how many... uh, um, um, justices should sit there, um, but also the length of service and turnover of justices. Um, so there are, uh, this is going to be an interesting process. I think they're going to meet about a half dozen times, uh, th- but they're charged to submit a report by August 15th uh, to President Biden. So 
you know, uh, I think that most of us know what direction this is heading in, but it'll be interesting to see how this plays out uh, and what kind of impact it means. You know, will it actually call for an increase to the Supreme Court? Um, and what will President Biden's reaction to this commission be? Um, but to the Supreme Court itself, you're right. You know, they have, um, they're starting to set their 21 uh, agenda for after their kind of summer recess. So the 2021 2022 uh, session. And we're already seeing two big cases on the horizon for them. First, dealing with abortion, as you mentioned, um, the Supreme Court is going to take up this case about the constitutionality of a Mississippi law uh, that with uh, that would bar abortions after the 15th week of pregnancy, but does have some limited exceptions. Um, and then a guns, guns right case. So, you know, um, they're not shying away from some high profile cases. And now that, you know, the, the uh, bench is 6-3 in conservatives' favors, you know, everyone's really keeping an eye on these cases to see if that shift equates to uh, a change in direction on some of these high-profile cases. So, you know, there uh, a lot of attention is being paid to this to the point where um, uh, Democrats are really looking to, to uh, Supreme Court Justice Breyer, who is um, over 80 years old, and trying to see if he can retire so they don't end up in a circumstance where um, with Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, holding on to her seat, she eventually passed away, and you had a Republican uh, replace her with President Trump. Um, and Democrats are nervous about that happening again, so they're um, trying to see if uh, Justice Breyer will retire and that President Biden can uh, announce his replacement. Uh, so there are many angles to what's going on with the the Supreme Court right now. These are some landmark cases, so many follow-up conversations to be had with respect to the Supreme Court, and we'll look forward to covering these developments on future podcasts. Maybe now we can pivot a bit, look overseas, and Shane, since we spoke last week, the ongoing conflict involving Israel and Palestine seems to only have intensified. It's been all over the media again today, so what have we heard from the White House in recent days, namely from President Biden, and Shane, are there any signs of tensions de-escalating? Yeah, great question, Dan. You know, um, this conflict uh, between Israel and Palestinians, you're right, it's, uh, it has intensified, and at times it has looked like there's no end in sight, but there has been some progress behind the scenes where um, it's believed that, uh, you know, knock on wood, there may be a, a ceasefire as early as tomorrow. You know, you have President Biden, who's spoken to Israeli Prime Minister Bibi Netanyahu, um, and he, that's where President Biden is kind of focusing his energies, if you will, mostly behind the scenes and not trying to um, make this a bigger political issue. I think, you know, uh, he, he's of the mind that sometimes subtleties uh, play out best in foreign policy. And, you know, uh, you've seen Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu, you know, say that we're going to continue with um, with our our, our stance of protecting Israel and uh, the operations will continue as long as they need to. Um, but, you know, uh, again, behind the scenes, I think progress is being made. So hopefully, you know, by the time next time uh, we, we speak, there'll be a ceasefire. But we should always keep in mind that these ceasefires, you know, even after there's the ceasefire is, is kind of called, there usually are 
still a little bit of skirmish back and forth um, that hopefully won't upset the larger ceasefire and, and there can be a ceasefire um, overall. And, you know, the length of these ceasefires and how long they last, um, you know, is very ten- tentative. So we have to, you know, keep an eye on this and, you know, hope for the best, uh, but, um, you know, be aware that it can flare up at any moment. The human toll has been devastating to see. And to your point, Shane, hopefully these behind-the-scenes efforts can help with de-escalating this conflict as soon as possible. Now, sticking with the region, Shane, we have been hearing about how the U.S. and the EU, the European Union, are close to reaching a deal which would effectively revive the 2015 nuclear accord. Uh, that went into effect when current President Biden was vice president to President Obama. So, Shane, what are the prospects for this moving forward, and what are the implications of such a deal to the region as well as Iran's relations with the West? Yeah, this is another one where the negotiations have been ongoing uh, in Vienna, and, you know, they look to be close to striking at least a verbal uh, deal here. Um, And so this would be a, you know, win for the Biden administration, or at least they believe it would be a win for them. you know, I think uh, the EU uh, is is really pushing for this to try and help stabilize the region. You know, uh, Iran being on an island not only, you know, is meaningful um, to the local region, but, you know, uh, most of, of the world cares about this, you know, because you've seen Iran have proxies in Israel and in many countries and, you know, surrounding countries like Saudi Arabia have a very uh, tenuous relationship with their neighbor Iran. So uh, the world is really watching this one. And, you know, for a variety of reasons, not only safety, but, you know, things like oil, you know, um, having um, a partnership with Iran for the EU that helps uh, tensions in the Straits of Hormuz, where a lot of oil is shipped and uh, can bring stability. You've seen over the past few years, um, Iran not only have tensions with the U.S., but some of our European allies and, and their shipping of oil through the state of Hormuz. So, you know, um, oil traders are, are, are absolutely watching um, these negotiations, and I think, you know, tomorrow we can see a, a, a positive development. Although I would note that the Iranian uh, parliament is taking a harder line than uh, the Iranian negotiators. So, you know, we have to also see how the Iranian parliament reacts to such a deal. Uh, so, uh, you know, positive signs today, but, you know, that may not hold true in in the coming uh, weeks. Yeah, another situation where there are quite a lot of moving parts. So we'll see how this unfolds, potentially in relatively short order. And to your point, we have to keep an eye on the commodity markets, oil as well. Though, uh, Shane, thank you as always for your time inside. Productive conversation as always, covering all of the ground that you did with our listeners, our clients. And we'll look forward to picking back up the conversation again with you soon. But in the meantime, have a nice weekend, Shane. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dan. Have a great weekend and stay safe. Thank you, Shane. And again, today we've been joined by Shane Lieberman, Federal Affairs Manager with the UBS U.S. Office of Public Policy in Washington, D.C. So as a reminder to our clients and listeners, please be sure to reference the latest edition of the Washington Weekly Publication, which can be located up on UBS.com forward slash Washington Weekly. For clients of UBS, you can also contact your financial advisor if you would like to receive a copy of the Washington 
Washington Weekly publication directly. The Washington Weekly podcast is part of the UBS In The Now podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Pandora. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the new UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services, Inc. offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC-registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC-registered broker-dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. It is important that clients understand the ways in which we conduct business, that they carefully read the agreements and disclosures that we provide to them about the products or services we offer. For more information, please review the PDF document at UBS.com forward slash relationship summary. UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG, member FINRA SIPC.